very warm welcome to Kappa Sports 2.0. It's a Monday evening, so we're going to recap what's been happening since, well, we spoke with you last time last week. Project Restart, the English Premier League, it is stepping up plans to get some players returning to the training grounds. We all know that the Bundesliga is going to restart on May 9th, and they're already, start, well, they're already warming up for it. Uh, FIFA has made a proposal to have five substitutes available um, to help teams to start off the season. I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, the Austrian Grand Prix uh, right now is going to kick off the 41 season as the French Grand Prix has been cancelled. Uh, Serie A teams in Italy, they are returning to individual training on the 4th of May. Now, of course, there was a kind of a breach of um, protocols and guidelines, shall we say, when the Everton striker Moise Keane, uh, he was disciplined by his club for filming, filming himself at his own house party. I know. It doesn't take brains to be a footballer. It does help, but there you go. So, of course, the Italian Keane, who has been a little bit of a disappointment so far for Everton, was kind of finding his feet before the lockdown began. He's still only 20. So, and of course, it's not the first one that's happened. Uh, Jack Grealish, of course, after saying that um, you home, stay safe, and so on and so forth, then he was... Um, he was drunk and in a car crash, okay? Kyle Walker, of course, had a slightly different incident. Uh, I'll allow Andrew Flint to uh, discuss that. The Manchester City player broke lockdown and uh, had a little bit of fun. Uh, Spurs, Serge Aurier and Moussa Sissoko, they were both training together. Jose Mourinho, of course, was saying that he had a, well, it was in line of protocol where he had a one-on-one training session with his uh, midfielder Tangoy in, in Dumbele. Uh, I hope that one-on-one session wasn't sort of like what Mr. Walker was at. And, of course, Mason Mount was having a kick-around with West Ham's ex-Irish kick-around. And, of course, Mount had already tested positive. Straight away, we are going to go over to our two main men of the moment. Good to welcome in all the way from two men, Mr. Andrew Flint. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. How are we doing tonight? Very good indeed. Great to see you. And love the beard as uh, Andrew Mack. Uh, comments on just weren't there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Andy Mack, you're back with us. So, how are you doing? I'm very well. Well, I'm quarantined. Got a few more days to go yet, and then um, wait and see what Mr. Putin brings us all tomorrow here in Russia. Uh, I think there's going to be an announcement tomorrow, probably an extension for another three weeks, I'd have thought. Sit, sit tight. It sounds, like it's, it sounds like it's going to be until May 15th, and then they'll do an, an extra announcement to say for the end of May. So, it's like. Three months is what we're, we're expecting, so let's go. So, so you haven't caught anything nasty anyway, like nothing that's, you know, you should be keeping... Nothing coronavirus-related, corona no. <laughs> okay, well, next time be more careful, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would use a phrase that Alan Partridge would have used, but like, rubber up, young man, and all that, but no, of course I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, please head in his hands right We're the epitome of professionalism, aren't we, with our standards? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're starting as we need to go on. We've sung this low after two minutes. Normally, <laughs> we last a good 15, 20 minutes before we descend into chaos, but already we're done. So um, at least we set the tone. <laughs> no, listen, I do it. As, as Andy, Andy Mac knows in the studio, double N as well. We're in, we're in the studio. We'll start off hard and just keep going along and just it works out, you know? Right, boys. Uh, big Be careful to... which essential shops you buy your gloves from. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, we'll move on very quickly. Just a, a big shout-out to Double N. He is feeling a bit underweather at the moment, so he's not joining us. Um, nothing coronavirus-related. It's just a simple, simple cold that he's caught. 
for uh, too many late nights of studying and preparing for his exams. And a shout out to Alex B, of course, who is also in the middle of exams. Um, he would have joined us last time, but he will join us later on this week. Uh, okay, Andrew, thank you. I'm going to kick off with you straight away. What have you got for us uh, in relation to football? Uh, well, I mean, we were enjoying the novelty, weren't we, of the five leagues, I think it was, around the world, um, uh, some of them very close to us. But unfortunately, Tajikistan has admitted that coronavirus does exist um, and a number of cases of respiratory problems have now been acknowledged as being connected to coronavirus and they have accordingly suspended their league. So Tajikistan have had four rounds of games. Uh, Istiklal um, are favourites. Um, the powerhouses finished top of the table after four games. What will happen, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But um, Tajikistan's league is suspended. So there's one casualty there. Um, as things stand, Belarus continues, and but again, I'm sure we will see some developments along those lines in the next week or two. Um, but for now, it continues. We we covered Tajikistan. It was like when it kicked off and it was like starting to roll along. There were questions being asked what was going to happen. They had like sort of you know we stand with you, all of you, international friendship and so on and so forth. It was a very, very dodgy moment when they, when they did it. And of course, then Turkmenistan has been reporting worse cases as well. So it's kind of, it is snowballing. On Belarusia, of course, we've been finding out that there are cases, like a lot of coronavirus cases in children's homes. Many of these, of course, yesterday, uh, the 26th, of course, was the anniversary of the Chernobyl disaster. So, you know, there's that kind of like relation where they, they released, I think it was 11 of 23 tested kids in children's homes had coronavirus and was all like these are kids from either orphans of orphans uh from chernobyl so it's a it's it's a very very tough situation it seems like every every which way we turn each corner we we go around there's there's an anniversary of of, of a disaster there's a reminder of how things can go so catastrophically wrong um the anniversaries don't go away and they are important to remember um whether they're positive or negative that goes without saying but I think uh, one of the more worrying trends that has come out from the UK to the, over the last 24 hours or so is talk of trying to get back to business as if it's like a matter of courage and pride to open business and, and continue mingling again. Quite frankly, it's, it's an embarrassment that a, a government cannot enforce social distancing effectively. People don't respect it too. So what effect that will have on sport we're seeing uh, there was an announcement yesterday i believe it was by the uk government saying we want to encourage sports to restart again to lift the mood of the nation yeah i mean they're talking like this is the second world war i'll tell you what will lift the mood of the nation fewer people falling ill contracting this virus that's what will lift the mood of the nation if we see that happen effectively and i'm not being andy mackin we need sport we're missing sport we love sport sport can help us all uh, how soon is too soon, Andy? Because you're working inside the news media, you know exactly what's happening. So, how soon is too soon? If 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 you take into consideration that a lot of countries that aren't as doing aren't, aren't doing as strict a lockdowns as as many nations currently are, they are they are banning gatherings of more than fifty people. And in any sporting event, you're going to have sixty to seventy staff, as in players, coaches, you know, medics. And then on top of that, you're probably also going to need another 50 to 100 people round the ground doing things to make it 
as it would be on a normal day, but with, even without any fans going anywhere near it. So you're already looking at well over 100 people potentially mixing in and out of changing rooms. You'd probably need hours and hours before games actually kick off, allow players in, allow separate warm-ups to happen. I mean, the biggest one for me is injuries. The player gets injured and it's quite likely that they're going to because, I mean, they've stopped doing their usual training regimes and it's going to be bang, bang, bang. Every league's going to try and finish this as quickly as possible to start thinking about next season. It's already getting, you know, yeah. June, July, you're already looking at Champions League qualifiers happening, especially for Scottish clubs. And Irish clubs, and Irish. I'm not laughing at your misfortune. Irish as well. I don't think this has been massive. Yes, it would be a boost for a lot of people in lockdown, but they're not thinking about the safety of the potentially vulnerable people that, would, would have to be involved in it, whether they're stewards, whether they're people that work within clubs, the tea ladies, the, you know, all sorts of people that are going to be needed in the facilities week on, week out for the training. And they're talking about May 9th for Germany behind closed doors. There's a meeting on Thursday uh, between Angela Merkel and the 26 state governors of, of Germany, where they're talking about how many people would be involved, how long they would need to do it, how long it would be between each game. How they, I mean, this is the big one for me. The UK has been shoddy at this, is how the testing will be done on players and how long you need in order to confirm whether those players are infected, they are asymptomatic. What happens then if a club gets infected, there's an outbreak, 10 of them are infected, what happens then? I mean, are they going to voluntarily do a roll-on, roll-off, like it's a five-a-side game, like you can share some of your players, you can take our goalie. This is it. I, I, you, you nail it on the head. It's like they're saying, oh, FIFA said we'll have five subs. Fine. There are leagues, for example, this, the third tier, second division in Russia, they, you can have extra subs at certain times and water breaks. Mm. And For me, when I played in Canada, I mean, we had like roll-on, roll-off. It was like ice hockey. It was brilliant to have that like sub, especially when you're playing, you know, 35 degrees heat, you're on and off, on and off. So it becomes a... a they're very, very good teams, could use it very, very well. But the other thing I heard as well about the preparation was players need six weeks. Now, I, that's, that's nonsense. That's, for me, it's nonsense, and I'll explain why. It depends on the pace of the game. If players go out and just play to win their limits, they're not going to be able to you know, kill themselves and run, 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 run. They need to play within their own limits, which is a very, very important you know, thing to understand. Okay, whether the pace slows down to the Scottish Premier, or even worse to the Irish Premier, or even worse to the Russian Premier League. It has, it, it has <laughs> to happen. But these guys don't need six weeks to prepare. This is a fallacy. So they can go in like that, but again... I don't, I, 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 yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think they need six weeks to prepare. But I, I think one of, the, one of the main issues that they're not really looking at at the moment is that Germany have said... So the government have said they will allow it. Social distancing needs to be applied. In other words, that means non-contact football. So the Bundesliga are not going to accept that because it kind of takes away. I mean, you've got three teams there at the top fighting for a running. And what, you're going to play pass and move, non-contact, wait till the other team loses the ball. Well, that, listen, that's not going to suit the Irish Premier League or the Scottish Premier happen. League. It'll, it'll suit Russia. It might suit the English Premier League um, because if you go to touch them, they're going to be on the ground. But by Christ, that's not going to suit the Bundesliga. That it's a different sport altogether. I mean, it's 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 a 
you, you, you can't make it social distancing with a contact sport because it's that's just the oxymoron isn't it and um, i mean look alan the, my take on it is i i actually am in favor well, i'm definitely in favor of finishing seasons but it has to be obviously i mean I, I don't even like saying it as if it's my idea it clearly isn't it's just common sense when it's safe but when is it going to be safe when are we yeah. actually even going to know that it's safe because yeah. what we've talked about what is painfully obvious and i wouldn't actually even lay any blame on anybody at this stage per se because it's so hard to detect because there are some asymptomatic carriers like we've discussed in one this is going to sound awful but in one sense how honestly will we know in the next two years when it's technically safe i don't know how long a virus could last could be carried asymptomatically i, I honestly don't know no, but, but uh, Andrew, you know it could be a very it, very long i agree and it doesn't matter about how um long this will last right now it also is going to be other little outbreaks like for example the 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 plague, the black death, the bubonic plague in Europe lasted for a long, long time for many reasons. Part, of course, because they didn't have a vaccine to it at the time. Part because they, they didn't, you know, they didn't know what was going on. Like it, it was more, well, okay, it's a plague from pestilence from God and so on. But also because every so often there'd be an area that wouldn't have had much contact and suddenly, boom, it hits again and it spreads again. And people who didn't get it first time around get a second time around. So is that kind of like, like and as Andy said, what happens in a football club if 10 players go down, for example? What happens if it's going to spread like wildfire? So you go back to what Andy says on that. Like, and this is what, yeah, I should realize. I mean, fitness aside, guys will go. They're then getting injured. Um, and speaking of ball game, uh, Andy, you were an officer. You wait for our looking to release or talk about releasing funds, the hat-trick funds. Yeah, it's, it's now being confirmed that they, they have a, a fund program that's normally meant for different targets and goals throughout. They're now, uh, they've now announced that they'll be releasing that. I think it, it's, I think it's actually going to be more. Uh, some outlets were saying, Associated Press was saying, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, I don't think that's right. I think it's roughly about four point five million per association league. Um, so for countries, for some countries, that will be very little. Um, for some countries like Scotland, where clubs are actually on the verge of, of, of going bust uh, next month, I know they've now finished the season for the lower leagues in order to give them the payout so that they can continue paying uh, the staff that they've actually retained. <clears throat> but that will be a massive boost for, for a few clubs. They're saying that the funds will continue to be released to continue to support sport in society uh, in the future. And they'll look at different ways that they can now utilise this fund actually to bring football and other sports roundabout back up on its feet as quickly as possible. Certainly the situation in Scotland's got to the point now where it's, they're talking, they were talking about restructuring the whole league system uh, on, on the essence of some clubs may fall apart. They don't want to relegate certain clubs. I certainly saw today uh, the Dutch air divisa look like they might be about to backtrack on cancelling their season now. So they cancelled oh. it last Friday. Yeah, yeah. They, and they, it just, they null and voided it, Andrew. Not just cancelled, they null and void the whole they, season. Yeah, they, they, they null and voided the whole season. Uh, but now the team that were absolutely miles clear in the league below, uh, SC Camber, have now apparently uh, filed legal proceedings against, against them uh, because they currently have no income whatsoever, and they're now going to lose the income that they were already budgeting for because they were so far clear in front and they would have been promoted almost certainly. Um, so they're now going to take them to court. So I think the Dutch league is about to backtrack on that null and void decision. Because Andy, sorry, I, I don't mean to go across you. It, it's just the fact that 
the Belgian season, of course, we, we discussed that it finished as was. So just they were almost finished for the playoffs and they said, right, that's it. Standings like top to bottom, that's it. If Dutch have to backtrack, how much of a domino effect is that going to have across Europe? I think I, I think it's going to have a massive one. And I think we shouldn't be talking now about scrapping this current season. I think we should be talking about scrapping next season. Just forget that it even exists. People's safety has to be put first here. And I think, I think um, Andrew's absolutely right. I think leagues need to finish it. It's going to be tainted titles for for people. I know UEFA have kind of loosened the, the the lawing around how they would appoint or give Champions League and Europa League spots now to clubs for countries that really are struggling and financially struggling, so that they won't see it through. I think Red Star Belgrade now are going to be given the title. So for countries that are really struggling, yes, I think they probably do have to finish because. As we saying, we, we don't know when it is going to be safe to, to restart any of these campaigns. But I think effectively the best thing to do now is just forget that the um, the 2021 season it, it exists and just focus on getting this season finished at a pace and a rate that is safe for everyone. And when it is finished, then you can make the decision. Andrew? There you go. <laughs> I'm trying to, try, trying to be professional. I ended up being too professional, <laughs> Perhaps, right. perhaps it was better for the listeners. <laughs> um, my, my big but, it, <laughs> I mean, this is the problem. Normally when we do radio, you know, I have a face for radio and that's not a problem. But now we don't have that luxury of um, hiding behind that. Um, but in all, in, in all seriousness, though, I, I find it quite, quite remarkable how little discourse we've heard from authorities, clubs, stakeholders within the game and fans across all the whole spectrum of football why everybody is is the whole discourse has been around if we're scrapping we're scrapping this season which we're three quarters of the way through i just i i cannot get my head around that yeah. the legal implications and the the contractual obligations are obviously going to be the main decision maker for uefa um and the the clubs who have invested like you mentioned the the second tier dutch club who have budgeted very specifically quite understandably because that's you, you you've got to invest they reinvest the entire time um, you know, they, I, I don't. I don't understand why why people would try and scrap something that's three quarters done. If you scrap next season, or at least put that and on the lower priority, then you give yourself basically automatically an extra twelve months to safely, at a reasonable pace, without rushing things through. Because, however difficult it may be for contractual obligations, health comes first. Andy, we were discussing this the other day, um, the last day about the, the, the draft system. Do you think, for example, I just say Scottish football, do you think a draft system would be good for Scottish football? Where like the crappy teams, Stranraer, Air United, they'll get the pick of all the best players out of the academies or you know, schools. Would, would that work, Andy? I'd say in one word, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two words then. <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't. Definitely um, not. No. Okay, no, it's just an interesting one for me because like, how could it work? I know uh, Alexander Zotov has discussed this many times, how it could work here. They're trying to build the university football system here because a lot of players, you know, when they don't you know, break into professional football, they've got nowhere else to go or they're trying to get some quality education. So it's, it's a difficult thing here in Russia. In Ireland, we have it. The UK, they, they have it as well where players can play on scholarships. Team Bath, for example. It's very difficult to, to, um, to, to apply it into European sport, um, really, because kids are picked up so young by a lot of clubs. So you're not talking already about secondary education and, and universities. You're talking about when kids are six, seven, eight, nine, 
they're being picked up from tournaments, they're being picked up from things. Schools, yes, sometimes your school was relevant in terms of your, your sporting education and your upbringing, your exposure to scouts and things like that. But um, I think for most, for most people, it, it was more about where you were, where you were brought up and what club you played for. And therefore, whether your coach had contacts to this, that or the other. Or, uh, so it's a very, very different system. And I think it would have to be, it would take probably more than a decade to, to fully implement like a draft system, especially for football uh, in, in Europe. I don't think it would work. I'll, I'll tell you, like one compromise, you, if you were really trying to push for something like this, I don't think it would work with, with higher education establishments because the standard just is not there. I mean, I, you, you can guess my athletic ability. Now, I played in the second tier of intramural football at Leeds University and one of our teammates, he... He was, honestly, he was hung over, half hanging out of bed, half an hour before a game. He strolls onto the pitch and he played for Leeds University first level and after two games. Now, that's the level we're talking. But what I think would work better is when you have so many players going through academies, like Andy Max says, you've got kids really, really young going through, but 1% of them perhaps make it into the professional game. You've still got some immensely talented people who perhaps just need a bit of guidance and really could be generally good players. I think if they could organise a like a, a safety net, like we saw Glenn Hoddle's Academy in Malaga about 15, yeah. 20 yeah. years ago, he was trying to give them a, a route back into the game. If that was made slightly more official and given a genuine platform and that was where you made draft picks from, draft picks, I think yeah. there could be something yeah. in that. Uh, in Ireland, for example, it's slightly different where we have, for example, UCD, which is in, mm. which has a genuine football club, which has a genuine rugby club. So they, they aspire to do something different. But I agree because I remember when we just even in boxing, we, we were uh, against some of the London universities, for example, and some of the South Coast ones in the UK. They had really, really good Olympic level boxers training. Now they're doing sports management about. At UCD, we didn't do that. None of the Irish universities did. We caught on later. You know, there is that kind of catching. Now, boxing is different. It's individual. It's an Olympic sport way about it. But we've got just a few minutes left, so I just want to, to wrap up. Um, questions. How much are you missing live sport? And second of all, if the season were to restart, would it, you know, what, what, what do you want to see happen? Um, well, I, I think there's an obvious answer to your second question. I'll come yeah. back to that. <laughs> Are Celtic still in the Europa League? No. No, no, no. So that, okay, that's, that's gone. Dump, dumped out very embarrassingly. <laughs> um, live sport, um, yes, I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely missing it, but I thought I would miss it an awful lot more than I actually am at the moment. I've kind of got into this routine of I do the same things every day. Uh, work's been kind of busy. Yeah, I mean, yes is the simple answer. Um, <laughs> When it comes back, I, I, I mean, I may have lost a little bit of passion for it, and it, it might need might take a bit of time before it builds up again. But Ooh, um, that's something, Andy. I'm 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 a little bit in shock. But I mean, when there's less, less interesting news kind of happening, everyone's talking about the same things in the media every day. Yes, almost yeah, 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 um, yeah. there's there's too much focus on the player wages. The yeah, just just waffle, and I I, I can't. It, there's only so much. I mean, Roy Keane is probably the only one that I'm able to listen to at the moment because he's yeah. saying something a bit crass and a bit different um, in terms of Sky Sports' coverage. And, yeah. But I'm not having Sky TV here. Andrew? Um, I've, I've, I've kind of zoned out from it. Well, <clears throat> I, I'd say my answer is actually scarily similar to Andy Max. Um, it's, 
you know, the of course missing sport. I, what I'm missing more is the you know I enjoy driving to Ekaterinburg to watch some Premier League football and the the travelling to the games. That's that's the part that I'm missing. I've been following two men around this season, for example. Yeah. I'm now a bit irritated because I, I wanted to complete a Zolotoy season and I yeah. probably won't be able to claim that by the end of this season now. One thing I definitely do want to see though, and is this for purely selfish reasons, is I want the Russian Cup to be completed. Because Ural will not have <laughs> a better third opportunity in four years to make the final and okay. at their home stadium. Okay. And I've got a bad sinking feeling that the Russian Cup will be a casualty. Um, Possibly and so. I will we've, not got, be happy. we've got to have to go away. So, Andrew, thank you very much for your uh, dog clad, your report. Andy Mac, great to see you again. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, great to be back. Okay, this is it for this episode of uh, Apple 14.0. I'm going to be back very, very soon, back later on this week, of course, with our uh, update. And, of course, Alex B will be joining us as well. So uh, take care, and we'll talk to you all next time.